again, back again, back again, ladies and gentlemen, on another brand spanking new edition of the Sunday Card AFC Free Agency Edition. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening every single week. Dan Zampano here with you, along with my co-host, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, who is knee deep in playoff hockey right now as uh, our Rangers uh, end up winning in overtime a couple of nights ago against the Penguins, Game 7, and it was amazing. And now we just got our heart stomped out in Game 1 against Carolina. So, Matthew, I know that you are playing a little bit hurt, a little bit, uh, you know, heavy heart here with the blue shirts, but I'm very proud of you for showing up. Yeah, I feel like I'm up to my eyeballs, not my knees uh, in playoff hockey, but coming off a double, we, we just we just did a double shift, and we also just had to get our hearts ripped out. So we are playing hurt. We're playing injured a little bit, but you can't not show up for the AFC preview. The AFC preview, the wrap-up, the off-season wrap-up of the AFC. I mean, the strongest conference in the NFL league. Amazing how it flipped in so many years once a certain somebody left the conference. Just, um, just, about, just about two years, it feels like. Just, just about. Just about. Maddie clearly in midseason form, being all black and blue right now. Uh, Louis Perricone, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Perricone, is also here. Need even playoff basketball along with me because my team, not only in hockey, is still alive, but my basketball team is still alive in Dallas Mavericks, who are getting smacked around, I think, by Chef Curry right now in game one. Down by 17, getting smacked up, smacked down, smacked all around. Yeah, Steph Curry is just mm. he's just busting you. You know, it, the guy's just fantastic. What are you going to do? Hopefully, Luca Magic will find his way, but he, he won't. So, okay. <laughs> he won't? I Never say die. Never say die. Futures on the Warriors. Futures on the Mavs. Futures on the Heat to all win. So, anybody but Boston at this point for me. Had a nice future on the Suns. Shout out to CP3 and the rest of the boys who stopped playing after game six. Yeah. 20. Nice, cool. Uh, 27 points. Scoring the same amount of points in the first half that the Suns did in game game seven. Congratulations, CP3. Your your addiction to your NBA finals has been defeated. Hey, congratulations. You won a second round series. I guess. <laughs> hey, we haven't won a series since 2011. I'll take them as I can get. Okay. Let's get into football, shall we? Because my team is much better in that than, than all my other teams. So uh, let's get on with it. And, Maddie, when we get to the AFC West, there's a specific point I want to make about your team as well. And I think it's very, very relevant, but we're not going to start there. We are going to start breaking down every team free agency-wise. Let's get into it. Let's start with the AFC East. And I want to begin with – I want to get, begin with – with the defending champions, the team that owns this division right now, as I have conceded, I want to begin with the Buffalo Bills. That's what I want to do because the Bills, obviously, right now are the Super Bowl favorites. Matt, do they deserve to be the Super Bowl favorites considering where we are now? They made some interesting acquisitions in the offseason. They really got a lot of guys on the defensive line, particularly somebody very, very close to your heart on the defensive line has come to Buffalo for a lot of money for an older player. Does Von Miller and company make a big difference to propel them to a Super Bowl run? I mean, you're, we're starting with team number one. You're asking me if they're, if they're going to be in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's, yeah. this is tough. This is tough here, but you're giving me this. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think that people saw the Bills' biggest weakness as their defense. You know, if you look at the Chiefs' Bills' playoff game, came down to Bills not being able to get a stop is really what people say because Josh Allen would have kept 
scoring touchdowns as long as as long as you let them do that. So mm-hmm. they make massive improvements on the defensive line, whereas they make splash improvements on the defensive line. Um, they take their first round pick, or, or sorry, their uh, second round pick, or yeah, mm-hmm. first round pick, Kyrie Elam, and take a cornerback. So another weakness of theirs. And I think that people think that they can bounce back because people love this offense. Um, but uh, again, also an offense being now run by a different coordinator. So I think maybe that might be getting lost in the mix a little bit. The Bills definitely deserve to be one of the favorites. Do they deserve to be the favorite? I mean, who am I to say? What do, I, what do you have to say on the matter? Dude? I am interested. I think that they have made quite interesting moves. They obviously Von Miller. Uh, that's the big news of the offseason coming over to Buffalo, getting another pass rusher. And the Bills have consistently been getting pass rushers in the draft. They've been getting AJ Epinesa. They've been getting uh, Greg Rousseau. They've been getting just a ton of guys. They signed Jordan Phillips this offseason. They signed Shaq Lawson this offseason. I didn't think that their defensive line really was anything that needed adjusting, even though they did lose Jerry Hughes. So uh, obviously replacing him with Von Miller is pretty good, solid veteran. And even if Von Miller is not, what he necessarily was. He was, he was amazing last year for the Rams. I mean, coming over in that trade and really bolstered their defensive front. So I think they can only go up. Um, Obviously they're still like a snake bitten playoff team. They got a guy that has proven that he can win championships at the highest level and perform at the highest level. They also added guards that I liked. And people said they had a whole guard. They added David Quisenberry. They added Roger Saffold to those mixes, more guys, more veterans, that can help their offensive line. So they got better, I think, on the defensive line. I think they fill a lot of holes on the offensive line. They get O.J. Howard to come over at tight end. So that's a more kind of diverse player for them. Um, Jamison Crowder as well, another guy, you know, just d- deepening the receiving core, more weapons. My question is, Kyrie Elam, is, the reason I think they draft him, is Trey White going to be able to be back on time? That's the question with that torn torn ligament. I think it's either the, the torn uh, ACL or, or the torn Achilles. Uh, that he has, maybe he doesn't come back till October. Like there's uh, maybe November, you know, like late in the season. So I like Buffalo. I think they're a solid football team and I think they should be a favorite, but the favorite, it's hard to tell in that AFC. Yeah. And that I, I actually had Trey White is one of the guys that I had highlighted on here as well. Cause you know, like you said, he's coming back from injury and it, it does also feel like as far as again, going off of pro football focus and where they had him graded last year, he had a down year con- considering his past, two to three before that, where he was maybe, you know, a, a top five corner league in prior to his injury, his numbers weren't the best that he's had in his career. And in corner, you know, a, a lifespan of a cornerback is just about as short as a running back in the NFL. So you got to wonder when these guys start to dip and, and when these guys start to fade off and hmm. coming off of an injury, getting into a little bit older ages, Trey white. Yeah. You have three, four diamond years. It just doesn't, it, there's not that ever, you know, that long lasting career at, at corner as much anymore. So you have to wonder if, maybe both sides are going to be a little weak because you got a rookie on one side and then again, you have whoever else filling in for, for Trey white uh, for the time being. And then someone trying to come back a veteran coming, trying to come back from injury. So that could be a problem for, for Buffalo still at this point, especially they have a pass rush and that kind of fits their game. If they're able to score a lot of points at offense teams have to throw. So you really want to have that elite pass rush with where I think that's why they focus mostly on the defensive line. It's going to give them the most opportunities to get home, but they're going to be able to trust your corners on the outside, not be weak out there. They just don't have a ton. They just don't have anything no. besides those guys. They're just not there. Obviously, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are playing safety, but outside of outside of uh, Elam and White, there just isn't a lot there in Buffalo. 
Um, but I still think they are one of the teams. It's just there are so many teams that improved in the AFC. It's very, very difficult to say the Bills are the prohibitive favorite. That's what I would say. Let me ask you about a different team. I want to talk about Miami because Miami seems to be that team that had a tumultuous offseason. Let's use that big time word right here. They fire their really good coach for a coach that is a super nerd that comes over from San Francisco and Mike McDaniel, right? Then they make a, the splashiest of splashy trades and they sign and they trade for Tyreek Hill and blow out the market, pay him $30 million a year to come play in Miami. Now Miami didn't just add that though. They changed their entire running back room. They have miles Gaskin, but they added Chase Edmonds. They added Sony Michelle. They added Raheem Mostert. They got very, very fast, very, very fast on offense. Miami added a ton of weapons. Do you see them currently as the second best team in this division? Because most people do. Yeah, I, I have to. I, the more I, I'm like looking at Miami again, I, I was one of the few people that, you know, not, not few, but Miami was kind of a trendy pick last year as well with, with Tua and what they were building and that defense. And I think the defense still can, you know, can hold up as far as the defensive line goes. You still have Zayvon Howard up there on the, on that corner. Uh, and, and one huge acquisition that you didn't mention is that they got the best left tackle out in free agency this year in Armstead from the saints. Mm-hmm. So that was maybe their biggest weakness was the offensive line is the offensive line improved enough. That's hard to say, but again, the running back depth is unreal. You can tell that McDaniel's clearly going to take the, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco, like mm-hmm. feels like they want to go run first, play action with Tua, and then have guys like Waddle and Hill that could beat you over the top. Depending on how fast McDaniels can put it together in his first year, I just can't help but really like Miami. You said one of the key things in his first year. It's his first year, I know. With, but, a, with a quarterback that has not proven that he could run the other offense. He, they went 8-1 in their last nine games last year, Dan. Did they not? They did, but my question is, was that because of the offense? That's my question. They had an excellent defensive guru that was coaching them that really got that defense to play over its head. And to me, is their defense any better? Now that, now that Flores is gone, I think, I think that matters more. Now, I know they add Melvin Ingram, and that's a, that's a really good add, I think, a veteran defensive end. I, I really do, and they've been collecting those. But I still have a lot of questions on the back end. Outside of Xavier and Howard, I just don't have a lot of confidence in the secondary for Miami. I don't have a lot of confidence in their linebacking core. I just don't. Like, you play two sides of the ball here. And McDaniel also has to command that room. It's going to be very, very different room. They're putting out these videos on Twitter. This guy gets – this poor guy gets fired from their social media account for putting out a wobbler ball that was underthrown to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> That, that was a doing? hilarious clip. That was a hilarious clip. Oh I my mean, god! I, 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 as the two a defender here, I, that was they did him dirty by putting that. Out. Oh, they did him so dirty. I said, "How can you put that?" I, like that's the standard in Miami, and it just goes to show me that, like, the only thing that could save Miami from itself, honestly, is if two plays poorly. At least they have Teddy Bridgewater backing them up. That's the other note I have. I said, "How fast if like two doesn't get off to a good start?" And again, to a, in a brand new offense, maybe you know it could be more of the offense as a whole is not performing well. And then people who might be calling for Tua's job. Cause it's like, well, we got steady Teddy back there who we know at least can get us to like nine, 10 wins and potentially win us, get us into a, uh, you know, 
seventh spot in the wild card. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering how fast that talk starts up if Tua has a slow start. It'll start. I mean, it, it, it will. It depends how how slow it is. How you know? I mean, it's just a matter of when. It's basically not. It's not if. It's when. I, I do think it's when. I, I I think that the narrative with the Dolphins, Lewis, is that the Dolphins have Tua. They already put that video out. They're already getting laughed at. They're making these giant splash things that they always do. This is like you know the Tyree Kill signing to me reminds me. Not necessarily. I mean, he's a great player. Let's not get it twisted. He's an excellent player, and Waddle and him are going to be really hard to deal with. But the Dolphins have made these splashy trades before, and they just haven't worked out. And so that's why I'm still on my team to finish ahead of them, at least in the AFC East. I am on the Patriots to finish ahead of them in the AFC East. I do just want to just – I meant to counterpoint your point before yes. where you said about the Dolphins winning those games down the stretch. Were they about the offense? I mean. Was the Patriots about the offense? Um, was the Patriots no. making the playoffs last year all about Mac Jones I, as a rookie quarterback? Not all, but it had a lot to do with it. I mean, it was defense. They played amazing defense throughout like three quarters of the season. They played amazing defense. Right. And then they fell off and they got because they had older players. And those older players, mostly like Dante Hightowers and Kyle Van Noyes and, you know, uh, Jamie Collins and those guys are gone. So, you know, they're relying on a lot of youth, a lot of youth. Now, did the Patriots make a lot of cool, great offseason acquisitions? I don't think so. Like, they added uh, Devontae Parker on offense, but that's pretty much it. Who's a Patriot killer, by the way. Uh, every time they played the Dolphins, Devontae Parker would eat them alive. Addition by subtraction. Yes, exactly. So it's a direct blow. And then – I'm not like crazy about this corner situation. No question. I'm not. That's, crazy that's exactly what I have highlighted. I said, yeah. are we confident in these corners? Cause I just look at that roster. and Man, you got yeah. Jalen Mills as your number one boy. Right now. Malcolm Butler is playing the opposite side. Ah, don't love that. But outside of those corner situations and they get Terrence Mitchell and Terrence Mitchell's a pro and he, you know, he knows that he knows Semi knows the system. You know, he's got some background working with Patriot players and uh, coaches being in Houston. But they're relying on younger players at the linebacker core. They re-signed Juwan Bentley. Jabril Peppers, I think, is probably going to play more linebacker than safety. I really believe that. I think that's a good thing. I'm very interested to see how he's used. Because when I that's just another player I noted. I'm like, him getting involved in this kind of a defense, you know, where's Bill going to put him? I think he's going to be very creative with Jabril Peppers. There was a tweet by Jonathan Jones, who, by the way, is coming off injury. So he'll be back. Nick, one of the best nickelback corners in the country or in the, in the league. Jonathan Jones said positionless football is the future. That was one of his tweets. It was very cryptic because I saw because the way Belichick has added players over the years now, it just feels like he is developing a new style of defense that linebackers can play safety. Safety can play linebackers. Outside linebackers can edge rush like all these different things that the Patriots want to do and be as diverse as humanly possible. And I'm confident that they're going to get it right again in the second year of an offense. The only issue I have is who is calling the plays that I don't know. And if it's Joe judge, I'm, Oh God, I'm, (laughs) I'm shaking, but I have confidence in Mac Jones. If Mac Jones plateaus, I think it's a successful season because he was very good last year. If he rises, 
It's a great season, but he cannot have a sophomore slump. Cannot do it. Yeah, I mean, all I have for the note on the offense is this is offense is ready to run the ball again. Like this, red, you know, we were Fine. ready with the offensive line and, and, and even like solid blocking widers. You know, I mean, ready to run the ball because again, you, you had you had Parker, but other than that, you're still sitting with Aguilar and, and, and Jacoby Myers, which you had who you had last year as far as your your wideouts. They are they're ready to run the ball, but can they call it as good as McDaniel's did? There was a, that's a big were, question. They were a number one seed in the AFC in Week 13. Yeah. You know, like. They were solid, and I'm going to trust that coaching staff. Uh, the Jets. This is confusing because do we want – I feel like we want to like the Jets this year. I think the Jets are being underrated. I don't want to <laughs> lose giving me looks. I, I just – I'm looking – if you look at the roster, does it not look that they've made improvements yes. in all the areas they need to make improvements? Yes, 100%. Their defense under Salah could be very good this year. Like with the players that they have on that defense, I, I, I see a lot of upside. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think the big, the big moves here, especially defensively. Um, we talked about DJ Reed in the past, I think in a, in a previous episode. So now you're adding DJ Reed, sauce Garner on the outsides, right. Mm-hmm. With Bryce Hall backing that up pretty deep corners. Now you got Jordan Whitehead. He's going to be your strong safety with LaMarcus Joyner, two really pretty good veteran players. You got young talent that's developing behind that. Ashton Davis, to name a few. I, I like Ashton Davis. I think he's a good player. Their defensive line, completely solid. They'll get Carl Lawson back of injury, off of injury. Mm-hmm. Like everybody there, I love the defense. I love the defense. The offense, I think adding Lakin Tomlinson is good for the interior. And I think adding Garrett Wilson, they're, they're still developing those, those receivers. But they get two really good tight ends and then add a third in the draft. So those tight end, that tight end room is tight right there. There is a big glaring spotlight on the quarterback position. Yes, there is. I mean, that is the one thing holding, I think, probably everybody back from just like kind of buying in. Because again, and, and we like their head coach. No, I mean, we 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 love Bobby we Salah. Like I we think that he's very capable of running a, an elite defense, the NFL. I, I don't, I actually don't know who their active offensive coordinator is. I think but it's, it, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mike LaFleur. I mean, the names are there as far as in the coaching room and out the defense and the surrounding pieces. Cause again, even the offensive line has been rebolstered, as you said, but there's Zach Wilson staring everybody right in the eyes that making everybody nervous. I'm so nervous that the Jets are going to be our bad team that we love this year. Oh, boy. Like like the Bengals, I remember us saying that they were the bad team that we loved last year. And and I think the year before was some other cat. But like Pan- Panthers. Panthers, Panthers. I am so nervous that the Jets are that team. Like I, I do like the Jets. I just like everyone else in the division. You know what? I don't like – there's a good chance – to me, I think it's more likely that Miami implodes on themselves than New England does. And I think that opens the door for the Jets. I really do. I really believe that. that naturally, you would think that. But yes. Yes, naturally. But I, I like your thinking. I like where you're going with Gangrel. Uh, I like it. I, again, I don't know if we're going to like any of this if we sound clip this, you know, in, in like another eight months. But uh, looking at the roster, yeah. looking at the potential for the, you know, the opportunity to step up for a lot of young players – 
I mean, they could they could put something together. Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, uh, Garrett Wilson, CJ Uzama, and Tyler Conklin. Yep. I don't hate it. And they get Greg the Leg. Greg the Leg. Greg the Leg. That's actually, I mean, that's it's you know, special teams is important. (laughs) Special teams is important. I love it. I love it. Uh, you like any over-unders or division futures for the AFC East? Yeah, I mean, we'll say it right there. I mean, the Jets, again, the Jets over-under is set at five and a half. But I don't know, again, which, where you were looking, but I was looking at on FanDuel. Yeah. The over is minus 160. So there is some serious heat on that. And then again, in the day and age of, of, of these gambling apps and the cash-out feature, I think it, this is going to sound crazy, but an AFC championship – bet of plus 8,500 on the Jets when if they make the playoffs, you have a cash out option yeah. or you'd then just have an insane hedge that you could go with. We listen to a great mind. And as far as when we, you know, talk about sports gambling mm. and, and uh, one of the guys, Simon Hunter yeah. of the action network says he, he likes to take long shots on second year quarterbacks. Cause it's kind of the chance to be able to step up and do something crazy. The Jets are below the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence right now as far as – That's uh, a joke. They are more than two times further behind the Jags. Again, we're not there yet, but they are plus 4,400. The Jets are plus 8,500. This feels like the team that maybe you take a shot on Look, and just that, have a hedge out, a cash out, or whatever. 100%. That's the value play. The Jets are the value play, Lewis. They are. No, I, he doesn't want to acknowledge it. He doesn't I, want to acknowledge I it. Want to, I don't even want to do this with you guys. Let's, we've been hype, we've been hyping him up since Sauce Gardner. Like we're getting him to. I can see he wants to get invested, and he's like his heart can't take it. I, it won't. It won't take it. I won't live to see the end of the season if you guys do this to me. We, we <laughs> can't do this. All right. We, we can, might right? be in first class this year. <laughs> but I will we say, I hope and I pray. That Zach Wilson has a better season than Tua because you guys know how I feel about Tua. Old stank, wobbly arm. <laughs> he stinks. He's you know, just not good. He's not. I hope he does as well. I'll, I'll be on your side. I hope Zach Wilson is better than Tua this year. You I'll know who I love? Oh, that yeah. Mike White fella. <laughs> that guy. Still got him waiting in the wings. We haven't even, you know, I mean, that's a possibility. Possibility. I think me and Matt are going to be Maverick and Goose this year. That's what we're going to be. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> brutal. It's going to be brutal. Uh, Patriots over eight and a half wins. Already put it in. Just, you know, as a default for the rest of the season. Um, AFC North, let's get to it. Uh, now, Matt, I know there's a team here that you really like. There's a team that you really like here. And we've liked them for years. Um, I look at the Baltimore Ravens and I see improvements, slight improvements that they've made free agency wise and trade wise, but they didn't really have to make a ton of moves with a ton of injuries that they had. Right. I mean, they, like they added some nice players to come back. Michael Pierce comes back to Baltimore. Marcus Williams comes over to play safety with Kyle Hamilton. So that's like a very interesting, you know, dynamic for them. Morgan Moses on the offensive line, but I don't think they needed to add a lot of players here to be good. No, like I said, and obviously they, they keep Justin Houston. They keep Calais Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so you keep that the main parts of your line together and then adding in Pierce, like you said. Uh, and again, I, I do like, you look at their defense for us. I mean, their defense 
just looks unbelievable. We both say we think I think Patrick Queen could be the best linebacker in the league this year. I think he has that. Watching him play is just unbelievable. But as again, as we're looking into these depth charts, getting ready for this episode, they are now weaker at probably their biggest weakness from last year at wide receiver. I mean, as much as I don't think that you should pay Hollywood Brown, and I think that getting a first round pick for Hollywood Brown and not having to give him hundred million dollars is a good idea. You still have to supplement it with another receiver. I mean, now we're just without Hollywood Brown. We just have second year receiver Rashad Bateman. We don't even have Sammy Watkins anymore. I mean, they're weaker at that position than they were last year, which is kind of the biggest thing that Lamar, you know, they are not only a run first offense, they're like a run only offense. That, that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. And to me, if you look at like some of the just offseason moves and acquisitions for them, and, and especially that Hollywood Brown trade, it seemed like that had upset the apple cart with Lamar. They're still negotiating a contract with Lamar. It seems like there is, I'm going to just put this out there. It seems like there's this weird tension going on between Lamar and the team. And if the Ravens cannot improve this year, how much time do you give John Harbaugh? You know, like it is like, I'm, I'm asking the question. Yeah. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. They have not gotten back to an AFC championship game. You know, I mean, like the, the clock, I'm sorry, is ticking. And, and if you can't figure out this offense this year, which I mean, I have the confidence that they can, but if you look at the Ravens, their win total is nine and a half in a division. That's really hard loaded. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I know you like them a lot, but I got to be honest. I, I am starting to see possible major changes on the horizon for Baltimore. I will say my, my tone going into these, again, really looking at, at what everybody's got going into this year, my tones changed. Cause when I was liking really? them again, after that draft, and I think that was the natural reaction, everybody was to really like them. And that's, I felt like I was getting bought into that like public side. And that's, I think why I didn't like it. I was like, I was like, I don't know. I just can't help but like the Ravens right now. But again, if you're looking at what they have, like, yeah, again, you're, you're, you're leaning on a quarterback who, hasn't necessarily proven himself as a thrower with absolutely no help there. And, and and things can go really, really wrong. If teams can just, if they become one dimensional, obviously Lamar is like the hardest guy in the league to tackle, but Mm -hmm. things can still go wrong. you know, when you have to do that over and over and over again, through a 17 game season and playoffs, you're going to get stuffed every once in a while, you know, along the way. So uh, my tone has definitely changed in the Ravens. And I, I feel like I'm now able to see through, the Joe public uh, at post draft Ravens era and and everything going on. So, cause they, they make me nervous as well. Well, the Ravens have great drafts every year, but it feels like they are consistent, constantly just developing players. And those players are not, those players are good secondary role players that never develop into all-star talent. And that's the thing. I mean, you're talking about the players to get back. Like we're getting JK Dobbins back. Like, yes, I think JK Dobbins is pretty good, Mm. but do we know for a fact that he can be a, top five rusher in the league for, and, you know, yep. make this offense as elite as it needs to be. Yep. I don't know. We don't know that. Yep. No, you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. They are very deep in the secondary and mm-hmm. very, very deep on the defensive line, like very, very deep. And that will keep them in games. Their defense should be best in the league. Like their defense has all the potential to be best in the league. Absolutely. But they lose Wink Martindale as a defensive coordinator. And there you go. Again, things that we have to consider. Yes. 
Buffalo had the best offensive league. You have a different guy calling the plays. Yes, the personnel is the same on the field, mm-hmm. but not up in the press box. Mm, Ravens, interesting team. Interesting team. I really am. That's going to be an interesting team to look at. All I mean, this whole division, this whole division, as the whole division. Through, is, is just unreal. Before we get to the big team, I want to go to the defending AFC champions because I think they deserve to be talked about more than they are getting talked about because I do think that they made improvements. They addressed specifically the biggest weakness of their team. The Cincinnati Bengals addressed directly the offensive line. They made a ton of acquisitions. They added L. Collins. They added Alex Kappa. They brought in Ted Karras, who, look, Ted Karras is a borderline starter, going to maybe play center, but – you know, he has experience playing in really good offensive lines, Miami, uh, New England, the works. And then they replace CJ Ozama with Hayden Hurst, who is a solid replacement. I think equal, although I think CJ Ozama is probably a little bit better. Um, I, th- I see the same exact team. <laughs> like they're the same exact team they were last year, maybe a little bit improved on the offensive line. If that's the case, should they be the favorites in the division? Yeah. And I think the one thing that's the biggest thing that's changed about that offense outside of the offensive line is that, um, Jamar Chase now, we pretty much know is a top five receiving league. Like there was the doubts of being a rookie wide receiver, never seeing him play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think everybody pretty much can acknowledge he's a top five, like hardest guy to cover at wide receiver right now in the league. So mm-hmm. their hype should be even bigger this year. And, and again, and we see Joe Burrow having a full season looking very dominant, leading the league in many passing and offensive categories that they did yeah. last year. And the big question is how much better is the offensive line? But I do look towards the defense and their second, you know, the secondary overall, we got to see how good that's going to be. Is their second level defense from linebacker to safety to corner going to be able to hold up? Huh, yeah, that's because they won in a lot of shootouts last year. It's kind of right. what they let they, they leaned on being able to score 42 points. Yeah. Those guys were veterans and now they're a year older. So it's like, you know, to me, the division, yes, will be harder. I definitely think that. But I, I think a lot of these guys kind of came together last year a lot. They also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they get they add Daxton Hill to the nickelback position too, which I really, really like. So to add him to give them more depth. Now he's going to be a rookie and he's going to, you know, they also got really lucky that not having barely any injuries. I mean, they lost, I think, DJ Reader was the only guy they lost in defensive right. tackle position. And, and now he's back. So, and that's a good defensive tackle to have. So again, I expect that team to be right up there with the division, uh, probably fighting for it with the next team. And that's, and that's the Cleveland Browns. I, 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 and this is a team that's, I hyped up last year, picked them to go to the Super Bowl. It was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done, but um, outside of picking Drew Locke to win MVP, uh, but Cleveland now has their quarterback. Or so we think for at least, you know, maybe half the season, maybe. Again, this is a team that's just full of question marks as far as just they're all, you know, what does that offense look like with Deshaun Watson and how many games does Deshaun Watson play? And that's why there's not a, there's not a win total out for this team because we just, there's so many things still up in the air. Mm-hmm. And if Deshaun Watson misses seven, you know, six, seven, eight games, I, I actually, I mean, Baker's still there. You don't think he's going to play after all of this. I don't think he'll be on the team. He won't be on the team. So, yeah, exactly. By the time the start of the year actually gets underway. And then you got Jacoby Brissett. So, all right, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think – I'm not going to put him above May- Baker Mayfield. He might be comparable. But <laughs> this is still just – I don't know. I, I worry about this team in this division. I think 
the hype is going to come again. And I just, uh, I'm still not there with the Browns. If you look at their roster top to bottom though, like it's a pretty good freaking roster. I mean, the offensive line is still probably the best in the league. Yeah. Which is a great way to, to think to build around. Right. Exactly. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league. They add Amari Cooper, who's, you know, say what you want about Amari Cooper. He's still a really, really big time talent. Um, in in uh they lose losing Landry obviously you know you're replacing him with Cooper it's basically a one for one you're basically upgrading there and I thought they did a good job in the draft adding dudes they added uh Chase Winovich they added Steven Weatherly to the defensive line uh again you know we'll see what they get out of them um they absolutely paid out the nose for Denzel Ward which is incredible so Denzel Ward's like the highest paid they have Denzel Ward and Deshaun Watson are now the highest paid quarterback and cornerbacks in NFL history, which is mind boggling to me. So a lot of big money being spent for a lot of unknowns in Cleveland. Yeah. And that's what I mean, I, I think the hype's going to come again on them this year. They are again, second. Uh, they're, they're actually, they're equal. Yeah. They're equal favorites with the Ravens at plus 200. This division is yeah. wide open as far as the odds go. Um, and, and I imagine that, They'll be set at nine and a half wins as well, along with the Ravens and the Bengals, both at nine and a half wins. So, right. it, you know, the toughest division maybe in the league. I don't know. I'm not going to buy into the Browns heavy as far as any any futures or long shots go. Not right now, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, Pittsburgh is a very interesting case. Very interesting case because they didn't add a ton, but what they did add, I thought was really good. I thought adding – especially to their defense, they are just going to be a complete defensive team this year. That's what they're going to be. Because not only do they already have a sick defense, they add Miles Jack to that defense, and they get Carl Joseph to come over as another veteran safety. So adding their defensive front seven is really talented, like really, really talented. And that's how they're going to survive in games. And we know that how that team works. They never, they never, ever, ever tank a season. They always go hard. And the big acquisition, obviously, is Mitch Trubisky. And with Ben going gone, they have Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky who are going to try and fight it out for the season. I imagine Mitch Trubisky will be there for most of the season. I imagine he'll win the job. Matt Nagy can get Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs, or Mitch Trubisky can get Matt Nagy to the playoffs, depending on how you look at it. You know, with him under Mike Tomlin's tutelage, and now they have Brian Flores coaching the defense. Like, are we crazy to say that the, the Steelers over-under is seven and a half? Like, are they going to be – are they not going to be at least a 500 team? I was going to say I don't like the Steelers very much. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I just – again, I don't think – I think you're, you're trying to talk me into a team that's either quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky or, or a rookie in Kenny Pickett that they weren't very good on, on offense last year, uh, again, with, a, with a, a, a dying quarterback. And I know the defense has talent all over the place, but – their secondary still. So I just think that their players in the secondary are very weak at the same time. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to get after the, the quarterback with, with that front seven, but those guys are going to, if you want to rush and you want to be able to bring all that heat, those guys are going to have to hold up man to man on the outside. And I just don't know if that's going to happen either. I, I don't, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in a blind spot here, but I, I don't like the Steelers at all. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, I look at their front seven and I say that team can stop run. They can hold up. They can cover running backs. Mika Fitzpatrick is, is a good enough like presence in the back there in the back end to lead that secondary. Are they uber talented? Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, like 
no, they're not extremely talented, but I think like, I, I honestly believe it that like Terrell Austin is list, listed as the defensive coordinator, but with Brian Flores in the room there and Mike Tomlin, like, I think they can do some really, really, really good things. And to me, I, I like the Steelers a lot, a lot, a lot. In fact, that's going to be my uh, over under that I like is Steelers over seven and a half because they do not, they do not ever tank seasons and they are always a pain in the ass to play. Yeah. My only bet here I was thinking about was the under seven and a half. But again, then as I was doing this research and it's like Mike Tomlin's literally never had a losing season. He's either been, you know, eight and eight in, in, in most years when, when we had 16 games or he's a, a over 500 season. So to take them to win less than, you know, far less than 500, not even going like, I feel like eight, and nine is probably the worst for Mike Tomlin at this point. Cause as, as a coach, but I, I just, I'm not going to buy into them as far as any positive futures beyond that. That's fair. And you know, the only other thing I would say is I would venture on taking the Ravens under. That's the only other thing I would think about is Ravens under nine and a half, because I think this could really blow up. And again, I like, I think I like the Bengals plus two ten. love that. Uh, too. The Bengals plus two ten to win the division. I think yeah. that we're getting talked into two teams in the Browns and the Ravens that I think we kind of had some concerns for. I love it. I love it. Oh, let's, let's, uh, let's, I might lock those in tonight. Honestly, I, I really yeah. do like those. I do like the Bengals one. I need to talk to you about the AFC South. I need to talk to you about this. You got to explain something to me. I want to talk about Tennessee and Indianapolis because Jacksonville and Houston suck. Um, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Tennessee was missing for most of the season. Their two best receivers and their best player on their team and their running back, right? Am I wrong about that? No, you're right. Okay. What seed did they get in the AFC last year? The number one. Number one seed. Indianapolis. We look at them. You look at their roster. Do you see outside of the cornerback position? And maybe it is kind of, kind of improved, but maybe not as much as people think. Outside of that, do we see an Indianapolis team that is improved? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they, I will tell you, they don't have a quarterback that poops their pants anymore. They don't. But can he throw? Let me ask you this question. Is Carson Wentz's arm better than Matt Ryan's arm right now? And maybe that's not Okay. That's, I agree with you, but maybe that's not a fair assessment of the two quarterbacks at this point in their careers. Okay. And, and at that point, I mean, yes, you could argue the older Matt Ryan versus the younger Carson Wentz. I mean, do we want to talk about football IQ? Cause I don't even think you can compare. <laughs> so you don't have to talk. We, about we can ignore IQ. that part of it. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's a significant, significant improvement at quarterback. I don't think you're giving that enough, enough credit. I, I think compare Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz, what Matt Ryan did with his situation, what he's done with his situation in Atlanta over the years is, is very impressive. I mean, this man throws for 4,000 yards basically every single season. He's never had a good offensive line. We know that. He's got the best offensive line he's probably ever had in his career. He's got one of the best head coaches calling plays for him that he's ever had in his career. I would wish they added something more in the wide receiver position, even though I love Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, I think, is right. I mean, he had a breakout last year. I think Michael Pittman is going to be everybody's favorite. Probably taking too high in fantasy drafts this year. We'll get to the fantasy show later on. 
But I think Matt Ryan at the quarterback position, Matty Ice, I will not besmirch my brother, Matty Ice. He is a big improvement. I liked the Colts a lot last year as a sucker. I will like the Colts a lot this year because that head coach and this quarterback combination, I think we're finally ready to do something here. Along with a very elite offensive line, along with a solid defense with an elite edge rusher, and again, the current best linebacker in the NFL, Darius Leonard. Elite edge rusher. Uh, no, exactly. Sorry. Derek, Buckner plays in the nose. Buckner. No, sorry. They have an elite line player. Yes. I thought you were talking about Ngakwe and I was about to lose it. No, so, no. I, but I like, I like what they did in the secondary. They traded Rockison for Ngakwe and then they got Stefan Gilmore and Rodney McLeod. So like really solid, like really, really solid back there. I just don't know. Like Stefan Gilmore to me is a man cover corner. He can do a lot, but he's his specialty is man cover. They don't play man cover. They play Tampa too. That's what they do. Like that it's, it does the scheme fit the player. That's my question. And as far as Matt Ryan goes, I know you love Matt Ryan. I just, has Matt Ryan translated to wins in the last five years with still having Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and guys like that. And now he has like, you might have the best offensive line he's ever had, but he's had less weapons. Like it is, it might be the least amount of pure weapons that he's had. But I, I, a change of scenery for a guy that spent 14 years on one team that's been so snake bitten, I think it'd be a really good thing. I just have to, buy. that's, that's what I have to buy into. So let me ask you this question compared to the Titans who add Robert Woods. So it's going to be him, Austin Hooper and Jeff Swaim come in to fill that tight end position because they've lost tight ends in the past. Those are their really only big time acquisitions. They still have a really good defense and a really good head coach. Like, are the tight both of these teams are set at nine and a half, by the way. Do that do they have a really good defense? This defensive line came out last year. They had one of the worst pass rushes in the league two years ago. And then they had Jeffrey Simmons and, and D'Amico Autry, and all of a sudden now they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Can those guys get home? Sacks are sacks are one of the I feel like stats that are hard to repeat year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't necessarily let a lot of guys except for the very elite do. So these guys have only done it really one year and, and and i just i wonder if that unit as is, is as elite as we think uh derrick henry another year on the tires i mean we're it's waiting like on tom brady to retire if we're waiting for derrick henry to get hurt or not have you know almost two thousand yards every every single season but it's another year on the tires for derrick henry again they lose aj brown and julio jones so i don't know uh, this I have such a hard time with the Titans. The Titans get me every year. I know. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how to handle the Titans. I just don't think the Colts are better than the Titans. I don't well, think they made enough improvements to to be better than the Titans. I think we have a bet, my friend. I think we might. I think we have a bet. Uh, let's cash that bet. Let's side. Let's let's sidecar that for a second. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Are you going to, are we going to talk about the Jags and the Texans? Cause I was already going to say, I think we should probably just blow by them. The, the Texans we don't have to talk about, but I just want to make one point on the Jaguars. Got it. Uh, Texans Christian, are going to be the worst team in the league. No question. And I just like looking at the Texans. I do want to mention the Texans roster. Cause I think it's really, really funny. Like the running backs on this team, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. They drafted Damian Pierce, Dare Agawumbawale, and Royce Freeman. 
That is a hilarious running back. We said this last year about them too, because they had like Mark Ingram in there with Rex Burkhead and a couple other guys. Like they have hilarious running back rooms. Wait, listen to the quarterbacks. Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll, Kyle Allen, Kevin Hogan, spin the wheel of gutless bums. I mean, seriously, it's, it, that is a unbelievable quarterback room, an unbelievable quarterback room. No Yates, pal. No Yates, unfortunately, but the Jaguars I want to talk about for one reason. Christian Kirk broke the wide receiver mark. Like Christian Kirk is getting paid $18 million a year to play wide receiver in this league. Christian Kirk, the third best wide receiver on the Cardinals. We don't even know if Christian Kirk's good. Like I really don't know if Christian Kirk is any good. What are we doing? What are we doing? And Doug Peterson is all of a sudden going to save the Jaguars. Like what are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is just. There's a reason their win totals are set at six and a half and four and a half. So under, I, I have like over unders on every single one. Like Houston under, Jacksonville under, Colts, nah, not Colts under, but Titans over nine and a half. Like I, I'm, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get this stupid worst division in football. No question. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I get it. So I think that me and you have a bet now uh, for. Colts versus Titans uh, to win the division. So that's, that's on the record. Yep. Uh, we'll take that just at plus 100 odds, even. And uh, I will also take, yeah, I mean, I- I'm going to take the Colts minus 105 to win the division, but they're over at minus 160 at nine and a half. It's a little too sweet for me. I will also take the Jags under, uh, I don't know. The second year quarterback thing is getting in my head. With oh, Simon Hunter. stop it. They- so, nah, yeah, a little bit. Minus 125 on the under is a little too sweet. So I will okay. just stick with the Colts in this one. Okay. To me, uh, if you're taking Jacksonville and Houston under, it's free money. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, if you don't like, I, I don't blame anybody for not taking minus 125. It's not, it's not smart, but and minus hey, I'm 175 for the Texans. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. That's brutal. Wait and see if you can get a five or five, like something like that. Um, let's go from the worst division to the best division, shall we? And I'm going to make a statement here, Matthew, that might get you excited. I'm going to make a statement because. Denver is not necessarily the team that I like the most, but I will say this. The narrative of the last two years has been, Lewis woke up. (laughs) The narrative of the last two years has been that a quarterback comes over to a team that is ultra talented roster wise, but needs a quarterback to get them over the hump and to a Super Bowl title. It happened two years ago with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It happened last year with Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Who is that team this year, you might ask? I think it's the Denver Broncos. I think it's the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. As the narrative says, the quarterback comes to get the good roster over the hump to a Super Bowl. Is the Denver Broncos Super Bowl hype for real? This is like it's it's weird having like the team that's the talk of the offseason. You know what I mean? Like I because there's so much hype around it, and naturally I want to be bought into the hype. Yes, I want to say we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Yes, I might or might not have like I actually bet the Super Bowl odds prior to them getting Russell Wilson just off wow. the hype. Just I thought it was the hype of Aaron Rodgers, but then we ended up getting Russell Wilson. So either way, we get the hype, uh, you know, odds. So pre-hype odds. I don't know. I I, I have to remove myself from the situation. Obviously, they make some other good additions to the offensive line. 
outside of just bringing in Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, add some add, add the tacker Billy Turner. They add some tackle depth in Will Compton coming over from the 49ers, and they already have Glasnow, so, or sorry, Bowles in that position. So it's like that's literally just planning for injuries and depth throughout the season. No, I kind of like it. I like I where we're going. I kind of love our new head coach. I kind of love our new new head coach too. I, I fully Fires bought in on him. Yeah. Fires you up. I wonder what the defense is going to look like, but I'm not worried about it because their secondary is elite. Their defensive line and defensive front with Randy Gregory coming, DJ Jones coming, Alex Singleton to play linebacker, who's like a freaking downhill lunatic, hard hitting safe, uh, safety slash linebacker from Philly. Like he's like, you know, I, I love their defense. I love their defense. And it's just hard not to like them because Russ, like, I am so excited to watch Russell Wilson this year, honestly. Like, it's going to be very, very fun, especially Nathaniel Hackett's West Coast offense. Like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, again, everything about the team, I can understand the hype. I can understand why everybody's excited. I'm super excited. I, I, I literally can't even, I cannot critically talk about the Broncos. Like, I, I am just straight hyped about them because. It, it again having a quarterback for the first time in a very long time uh for years to come is very exciting then critically talk about this next team the other team i mean every team in this division made splashes yeah but like i think this team made the second biggest splash trade by trading for Devonte adams and that's the las vegas raiders um they go out they get Devonte adams already adding to a pretty decent uh, core of receivers, add him to Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, guys like that. They add Keelan Cole and Demarcus Robinson to kind of compliment him. Um, not only do they do that, they sign the best receiver in football. Then they sign like the best edge rusher in football and Chandler Jones, like this team. I, I don't understand. I think I texted this to you. I don't understand why they have the worst odds to win this division. And not to mention that they have a significant, significant improvement at head coach. You have Josh McDaniels now versus from, from John Gruden. I mean, night and day difference as far as calling an offense. And this offense has been good. You know, Derek Carr had borderline. Some people in this Zoom call might say had MVP numbers and, and deserve some credit last year for what he did. Mm. Uh, but again, having McDaniels come in and, and coach this team, adding one of the best receivers in the NFL, the Raiders should, I feel like the Raiders are getting disrespected, but again, because then you still have leftover chargers hype because chargers hype was all last year. Everybody thought the chargers were going to go to the Super Bowl last year, Justin Herbert. And you have to respect the Prince of darkness, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes with the Russell Wilson. So there's just too much hype to go around in this division, but I do think the Raiders are being left, left out, you know, to dry. Not just Chandler Jones, too. Bilal Nichols comes over from Chicago. Really good young defensive tackle. Jayon Brown, linebacker out of Tennessee. Rockison in the trade. Uh, Duran Harmon, veteran at safety. They are better. They are better. And by the way, they were in second place in this division last year. Were in the playoffs. Like, I'm, I get Denver got better. I get the Chargers got better. You said the number one thing. They, they're coaching got astronomically better. They went from John Gruden to a special teams coordinator to all the Patriots, Josh McDaniels, Mick Lombardi comes over, Cam McCord comes over, all those special teams guys that all coach the Patriots, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator from the Giants, 
who was excellent the last couple of years, former Patriots guy, Dave Ziegler, the GM. Everything is Patriots. All successful Patriot coaches. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't understand why the Raiders are so disrespected. But I can give you some possible reasons, and that's because the Chargers also made improvements as well, right? I mean, the Chargers, mm. the Chargers might, it's close between Denver and the Chargers defensively. It's very, very close. Like with the new setup, with having Khalil Mack, with having Bryce Callahan directly come over from Denver, JC Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Kyle Van Noy, like added a lot of beef, a lot of beef to the secondary, added a lot of beef to the defensive line. Are the Chargers with Brandon Staley the best defense in this division? And if they are, should they be considered a division favorite? Yeah, I mean, like you would think, again, look at the rosters, it's probably between Denver and the Chargers um, for the best defense and maybe giving the edge to Staley as far as, you know, coaching the Rams to that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl, um, well, sorry, the NFC championship game <laughs> two years ago, he won the Super Bowl without him, but they did make some significant uh, improvement at corner. And then not to mention that they improved their offensive line, which they worked on last year, yeah. uh, um, taking a tackle and they take Zion Johnson this year, the guard to keep shoring up that offensive line and giving their star quarterback all they need uh, to try and win games. So this division is just such a four way coin flip. This is a, a, a dice roll. This is, whatever you want to call it every team top to bottom. Cause the only team we haven't talked about yet is the team that should be favorites close to favorites every single year. in the AFC is mm. the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, and the chiefs also added all these receivers to replace Tyree kill. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scanling to name a few. And, and, dr- and drafted four corners to try and fill the yeah. roles of whatever they need. And yeah. George Karloftis in the first round to improve their pass rush. Yeah. Paid Frank Clark. But one of the most underrated signings in the league was Justin Reed safety coming over to replace Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that's a massive sign for them. Like they're doing it again. And Spagnola, like Spagnola is the most wild card defensive coordinator you have in this league, but just a complete wild card. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. So the Chiefs made improvements too. It's a hard division. It really is the best division in football. It, it really is. I mean, this is so hard to, to pick between, but we do have to see Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. Again, yeah. the big part of the, the secondary part of the Tyreek Hill trade is what does Patrick Mahomes look like playing football without a guy that's faster than everybody else in the field? Mm. Like, then he can't just throw that Hail Mary deep ball and know that he's going to outrun everybody. Like, it's kind of significant. Yeah. How do we double up Travis Kelsey? And are we going to let Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanley on the outside? You know, like MVS is super fast, but he doesn't have the explosiveness that Tyreek Hill has. He doesn't have the ball skills that Tyreek Hill has. I mean, if MVS was a good wide receiver, he would have looked really good in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's not a very good wide receiver. He's very fast, like you just said. Yes. There's a difference between fast and explosive, and he is fast <laughs> that's all so to me Matt, this is very simple this is very simple i'm taking the raiders plus 700 to win the division because that's crazy that this team is being that disrespected and i'm taking the raiders over eight um broncos plus 260 to win the division broncos plus <laughs> 850 to win the afc championship oh okay clearly enough yeah 
I think so. I, I'm all in on the Raiders this year. Raiders are my team. If there's a, if there's a year that I can just have bias to my team, this is the this year. Is I have I, I don't have this in football a lot. I mean, this is the season. I, I'm everybody's quote unquote as you start watching ESPN and NFL Network and all this. The quote unquote dark horse. You know, they signed a big time quarterback and now they're a dark horse. Like, yeah, no, no, no crap. Uh, you're you're gonna hate me because I'm so in on the Raiders that I even have something coming here that you're going to be like, are you smoking crack? You know, and we're going to get to it in a second. So just to like kind of wrap up, I think we both like the bills to win the division. Right. Yep. Yep. I think we're opposites Titans and Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, you like the Colts. I like the Titans. I don't, I think we both like Cincinnati to yeah. win the division. Yep. And I like the Raiders. And you like the Broncos. Yeah. And the one thing I think that if we wanted to have a separate, uh, no, I said, again, I can't go against it. If you wanted to set a Steelers line at eight and a half versus seven and a half, I would take the under versus the over for you on, on an eight and a half line for the Steelers. Ah, that's so, that's so, it feels dirty to me. Come on, do it. I feel like you're, I feel like I feel like you're playing me a little bit there. You're I'm just trying to see if I can move a line. I'm just trying to move a line. I'm a shark. Okay. I mean, I I like eight and nine way better than nine and eight. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. Yeah. But I, it, I, you know, it feels like it's right there. That, but that's that's the does. point. As much as you say you really like the Steelers. You won't move it one game, <laughs> and I you won't. Should. I also won't. I also won't do it at seven yes. and a half. So, and that's fair. we we both are one game apart on really liking them and really not liking them. Yeah, that's fair. I think you're a hundred percent. I think eight is the eight is the floor. Yeah. eight is the floor. Uh, I want to hear MVP odds. I want to hear some MVPs. I want to hear. I, I, you know what? I can understand you not knowing a hundred percent who you love for MVP because it is a really hard one because the AFC is so loaded with quarterbacks uh, josh allen i mean josh allen okay. has yet to get one right my, my no he's he yet to get guy. he was second to aaron Rodgers two years ago it, it, it's josh allen's time it feels like he it's okay. been enough time now that if he has a like good enough season i think that he will, will will take the lead over a lot of the guys because of the hype and the narrative that he's built so josh allen to an mvp i don't even okay. know what the odds are in front of me but yeah it's uh, seven to one, which I actually really like because, you know, the Bills have the best chance to win their division. Mm-hmm. I think that's also part of it is that you have to win. You know, you have to win. Mine, I don't really love any. I like more NFC teams and AFC teams or a- and NFC quarterbacks and AFC quarterbacks. So I'm not choosing an AFC quarterback. I'm going to be crazy. And I think that if this guy can be that good, being the only target for Aaron Rodgers, what's he going to do when Darren Waller is on the team and Hunter Renfro is on the team and the Raiders do really, really well? I, as a long shot, because I can't, Josh Allen's the only quarterback that I can take in, in the AFC. It feels that way. Devontae Adams. I mean, if this is the receivers, if the receivers are now taking over the league, Let's start giving the receivers some love because Devontae Adams currently is 80 to one to win the MVP. 
I like that. If he is as dominant as he was, being the only guy in Green Bay, then he should be as dominant getting targets either. Now, you can make the same argument the other way and say he's going to get targets taken away from him with Darren Waller and with Hunter Renfro. But I, I think that Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller is such a problem in the middle of the field that Devontae Adams is going to get open. That's going to be scary. Hey, I mean, I'm sorry. What, what are the odds on that? What are 80, the odds on 80 to one. I mean, it's worth, you, you've spent $5 on worse stuff than, than, than <laughs> putting 80 to one on Devontae Adams. I'll tell you that. That is true. I am that much in on the Raiders. I wish Chris was here. I mean, I am like all in silver and black. Just win, baby. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. But I can see the narrative. You are the narrative, my friend. So that's, you got something going for you. Uh, I guess so. I guess it, it well, again, it would take Lou to endorse the narrative. I'm sorry. I know I, I appreciate you, but to endorse the narrative, I would have to have Lou's blessing for that. But we, you know, we will yet to see. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, Lou are you prepared at this moment to give us what, a narrative? What do you want? You want a narrative? You want a narrative? Early, early What's season. the narrative? Early season. Narrative? Yeah. Narrative? Ah, my own. Well, I'm like Dan. I wouldn't pick a quarterback from this conference. I know who Dan will pick when we get to that show because I'm going to pick the same guy <laughs> because it only makes sense. The guy, I want to say a swear word, came out of retirement, so it only makes sense that he would win MVP. Uh, come on, man. We're sleeping on Lamar. We're sleeping oh, on Lamar. We are? We, yes. Come on. We are? The guy's electric. We got to open our third eye, Dan. An entire his entire team was decimated by injuries last season, was it not? And then he loses his boy, his wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, who really can't catch anyway. So <laughs> it's come on, all right. Or Lamar Jackson, or you pave the way mm-hmm. for a new quarterback. Mm. First, of, wait a minute. The Prince of Darkness is still. Is still in this conference. Oh, he's eight to one. He's he's second highest odds to win the MVP. Yeah, so it, there's always a chance for him. But Mr. Joe Burrow, yeah. why would he not come out and have a chance? That's all. It's uh, I don't think it'll be a non-quarterback. It's you know, I agree with I, you. I think it's extremely tough because at that rate, why wouldn't it be Travis Kelsey? Ooh, Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. right though, right? I mean, because you know, Travis Kelsey double teams every play. I mean, so why would he not be the MVP? I mean, because I think he's going to get all the attention from defenses now. So if he puts up similar numbers as always. If he does. If, if, that's play. a big yeah. if. That's a big I, if. I, I know. But he's still you know. one of the best quarterbacks in football. That's, he does. Yeah. He uh, does. You know, we could go anyway. I, as I said, I'm going to pick uh, an MVP favorite from the other conference. Uh, <laughs> Dan knows already who it'll be. Yeah. Matt, I'm sure, knows. It's yeah. Some things don't change. Yeah, no. I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> no. it, it's one of two guys. Okay. That's all. The more things change, the more they stay the same. By the way, Lamar Jackson, 22 to 1 to win the MVP. Uh, all right. I mean, that's – throw him a bone. <laughs> uh, I will not. But, you know, if it hits, then you can continue your magic powers. I don't know how you do it, but you do. Uh, it's incredible. Um, that's it, and that's all for the AFC show. Um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week, NFC Free Agency Show. This one was definitely exciting because – because I think we're both very hyped up about our teams 
And I think Lou is hyped up about, we're all both hyped up about Lou's team as well. But um, I think the NFC show will open our minds up with the MVPs. And I think it will also, I will have more bets in the NFC. I already have locked in a bunch of bets in the NFC. We're over-unders, division winners. I already have. And I, I think that that is a very fun conference because it's so wide open. Yeah, that's what I think that we're going to be able to like pick up. So again, some more dark horses, some more maybe not so obvious teams because um, it does feel like the AFC is very top heavy right now. Agreed. Agreed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Blue Paracone, I am Dan Zampano. We'll be back next week for another edition of the Sunday Car. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbrick, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.